let's let's just greet the rest of Steven's reviews with utter silence. He did not have enough time to squash that zit on his face. That's my life right there. That's I don't want to make it a habit to kick you off the show every time you're on the show, but oh, there goes the building, boom! But it's fireworks. That's Michael Bay. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. I said it was dumb. You're a middle-aged dude that's acting like he's 20. Yeah. Except it's storming and my TV just went out, so hopefully the internet stays up and running, so we'll see. Oh, it's storming down there. Well, it's it's raining hard. I, would, I don't know if i call it storming. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ah, it's nice and sunny up here. I mean, it's cold, but it's uh, it's pleasant. It's raining on and off here too. It's headed your way. Huh. as long yeah, not as too, not not a major storm. I don't think it's gonna knock out the electric or anything. Yeah. Mm. Uh, wow. How are we doing, fellas? How are we doing? Good. Good. I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's great. Yep. <laughs> I am excited I'm to good. talk Cavs NBA playoffs with Eugene, so I'm happy you guys had me <laughs> on. Oh, yeah, yeah. 200th episode of Sports Freaks. Or, Here we yeah. go. <laughs> or the joke that that is, because they're done. Right? I mean, they're not going to... They they're are not, not gonna, done. Not, I know they're no, not done, no. but they're not going to be able to pull anything out of their ass on this uh, one, right? There's only one before. team in the world that's beaten them, and they beat them in a way that's never been done before. That's it's true. 3-1 deficit, yeah. so... Yeah. I will say, for, I'm not obviously I don't like sports, but NBA, Cavs, okay, I'm I'm mildly interested. <laughs> is he gonna Is he gonna leave town? I'm, I I've been hearing rumblings of he, he's upset. I don't know. I I haven't heard that he's upset, but who knows? Who cares? Yeah. I don't care if he, if he if he goes. You know what? He brought us the first championship in 52 years. I don't care. God bless. Have fun. Yep. Yep. Same here. I. No hard, no hard feelings. And if he stays, great. Yeah. Let's try and get him somebody that didn't come straight out of a dumpster. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, do you guys want to, not that it matters when you got referees wearing Golden State uniforms. Okay, do you guys want to talk about some movies? <laughs> let's do it, yes. Okay, let's dive onto the roulette into the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And it's, once again, a centennial episode, so of course it's going to be super special reviews and we picked Tenebre and the Box. And I would normally make Steven go first, but uh, we should find out what me and Eugene think on these since we've been talking about them for a hundred episodes. Uh, and it's my turn to go first, I guess. Tenebre, an American writer in Rome, is stalked by a serial killer bent on harassing him while killing all people associated with his work on his latest book. And I did not like this movie the first time that I watched it. I probably gave it like a two or three out of ten. I'd have to go back and look at... I don't even know if I was doing review files back then. Um, I'd have to go check it out. And as I was watching this movie, because I remembered almost nothing about it, other than that I hated it, and there was a dog and a black glove killer or something, or a German shepherd chased somebody. I just remember hating it, being bored and whatever. So it was almost like watching it for the first time. But some things did come back to me while I was watching it. Most notably, the state of mind I was in while I watched it the first time. And so I'm going to defend my original review just a smidge in that I believe I watched this on the tail end of a string of Italian slashers that Eugene had given me. And by the time I got to Tenebre, I was burnt the fuck out. And so... 
it was like, okay, I got it. Black Glove Killer, right. Okay, well, uh, you can get burned out of any subgenre. And all things being fair, I haven't watched one since October, because that's now when I watch all my horror movies. So, uh, watching it this time, I am happy to report I had a lot of fun with this movie, and this is a solid movie. I, I think I bumped my score up to at least a 7.5 or an 8. I Ooh, nice. had a blast with it. So I like that. You won on this one. Complete turnaround for me, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I'm, I actually got the story. I understood it. I just I remember the last time I watched this. I had watched a whole string of them, and I was burnt out on, on the slasher. But, uh, yep. Totally worked for me this time. Did so, you uh, did job. did you notice more of the? Uh, this is still kind of in the golden age of Argento with some really inventive camera work and of course the the thumping goblin score and then the like the really great like the bright red blood effects and whatnot. Yeah, like, it's just yep. like the perfect culmination of everything that I love about Italian cinema from back in the day. In, yep. in that movie, and, and the score to the goblin score uh, since. You know, I watched Tenebre, and then like a couple years later, I think you gave me a collection of Goblin stuff to listen mm-hmm. to. Some that I actually used on the YouTube version of Movie Freaks that probably helped get us get kicked off of there. Mm-hmm. But I listened to that Goblin stuff, and one of my favorite tracks on there is from Tenebre. I never knew what movie it was from, but then I was watching the movie, and I was like, ah, dang, 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 dang. Oh, I love it. So I love badass. It. Uh, yeah. and, and the end, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but that, that, abrupt ending and as as well as the kind of the reveal and the the blood spring on the wall all of that stuff is just slasher gold to, to me yeah i love yep. it but yeah oh, i dug the hell out of it good so. good so it sounds like you liked this one a bit more on second viewing than you did uh cabin fever our episode 100 oh way more yeah nah Still with Cabin Fever, at least this time I was able with Cabin Fever to appreciate what he was going for. Yeah. And so I, you know, it was like I totally misunderstood it the first time because I hadn't seen any of the movies that he was homaging, if that's a word. Yeah. But anyway, it still still didn't quite click for me, but I, you know, I appreciated it more. Okay. So the box. uh, Do I get to talk about Tenebrae? Oh, yeah, go for it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's going to make you wait till you're done, but okay, go ahead. Uh, hey, Steve, did you, have you seen it? Like, you watched that with me, correct? Yeah, actually, because I, 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 but yes, I actually, I watched this the first time up at your house, Eugene. We watched mm-hmm. this first, and then according to my notes, we watched Sleepaway Camp right after that. So that was uh, oh. our doubleheader for that night. And Excellent doubleheader. Yeah. yeah, the first time I watched this, I liked it quite a bit. And actually, this time around, I kind of forgot, actually... At first, I was like, I remember, I know I watched this, but when he was when it first started, I was kind of like, I don't really remember this. But as as it kind of went on, I was like, okay, I remember this, remember this, remember this. But actually, I kind of forgot the twist at the end. Um, so that was nice. I kind of got to relive that a little bit. And you were talking about his camera work. That one shot where he um, he go, I think he goes out the window or he's looking through the window. Then he goes yes. up over the wall and like up over the roof. Yeah. and everything. that was just fantastic. Um, and then the dog chase scene through the park and all over the place. I love that scene as well. Um, so, I mean, I liked it the first time around, and my score stands the same. I, I go one to four stars. Um, I gave it three and a half both times. So, thumbs up. Excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> now that makes me happy. Because yeah. that is, true, seriously, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I uh, I never grow tired of it. I Everything about it. And I know the acting, some of the acting is really hokey. But to me, that just adds to the weirdness of it. And it's kind of an Argento thing. The acting, you can't expect top tier acting. 
Yeah, and the music is that that, that goblin oh. music, all of his stuff, whatever the goblin, the movies, it's just it's always really really cool. So, yeah, good deal. All right, my turn. Yes, please. I'm drooling. Come okay. on. Okay, the box. So I will say that uh, the only other time I've ever watched this movie was way back when it came out. After your review, actually, Eric, you're like, dude, you really should check out this movie. And I did to an empty theater. It was me, myself, and I, I believe. And I was like, no, no, did not work at all. So I'm not going to lie. When you gave me the Blu-ray, I'm like, oh, it's two hours long. I'm like, what if I still hate this movie? And I'm stuck. Um, so I started watching it. And I'm like, I'm in. Okay. And I'm like, you know, I kind of remember when I saw it back in the theater, I was in for the first 20 some odd minutes because it's that story, which I've seen this story before. It's, I believe that there was a, maybe not, maybe a Twilight Zone, like the 80s yes, Twilight Zone. Yes, it was based on a Twilight Zone thing. Okay. So, like, this story has been done before. It's a Richard uh, Matheson story. Um, and then after that, when things, uh, when, when Richard Kelly takes it to a completely different direction, I guess, um, I'm like, I'm still in. I'm still in. Oh, no, I think this is actually pretty cool. And by the end, I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is borderline awesome. <laughs> yes. Big thumbs up. Like, yes. this is like right in line with Vanilla Sky, big thumbs up. I have definitely turned a corner on this. In fact, when it was done, uh, I went and of course I, doing research online. I'm like, oh, for the different theories, I'm like, oh, there's, there's gotta be some more than one theory. Cause I, I have a couple theories that I'm thinking and I'm like, ah, and there are like, I, I got the religious type allegories here and there. And I'm like, I'm not wrong in that. Right. And I checked and I'm like, ah, other people think the same thing. And, uh, it's just cool. I'm not sure. So first of all, did anybody get an Adam and Eve and the forbidden fruit type of, thing because i kind of did this viewing sure okay there's a lot of different kind of things that you can apply to it and they're not all they're not really wrong it maybe it's a a reinvention of the adam and eve thing for a new generation like maybe the aliens planted us in the first place yeah you know what i mean um and i do think this is a bit of some spoilers here um i do think that this is alien type stuff going on here but i think that mars previously was inhabited and that this test was done on Mars and it wiped out the planet. And now it's on Earth because it comes from Mars. It come, it's now it's on Earth and it's given us a try. And we're thus far failing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but oh yeah, man. And I don't, I honestly like towards the end, I don't think that there was, I, I think that either, either way that, uh, James Marsden's character could have done, I think that both ways probably could have been considered wrong. Um, and I think that it was almost predestined to that. That was what, I don't know. It's, it, there's, this is a very discussion heavy movie here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I very much changed my tune on this one. In fact, even in an hour and 55 minutes, I was not bored at all this time. In fact, I'm like, I could use even more alien coolness on this, on this rewatch. Yeah. And I like how there's just lots of information, uh, in the, ambient that you have to pay attention to a little bit with uh the guy with the messed up face who's passing the box around doing the test and they tell the backstory i think it's like midway through the film isn't it where the the lightning hit a tower and then this guy and he's missing and 
suddenly he's driving around in these creepy black cars and giving the box to people, and then oh, it starts all over again. And that I get what cool. you're saying. Like, if you hadn't changed your mind on this one, that'd have been fine because there's plenty of people that agree that would have agreed with you. Uh, as I'm kind of alone on the island of saying that this movie is going to be pushing masterpiece status like 20 or 30 years after it's been released uh, mm-hmm. when people give it a second chance and you just it's one of those movies that it gets better with each watch for me yeah and the special effects still hold up very well i mean they're obviously this is not effects heavy but the uh the effects that are in there are really unique and well done and it's just there's just this creepy atmosphere through the whole thing. And when James Marsden's character is running through this library or whatever, and like everybody's sitting there and everybody stands up and it's like, oh, they're part of this whole big thing. And you're you pretty much like this time I kind of knew what was going on, but it was still like almost off putting. And like, are they aliens or that they they've failed the test and now they're trying to help them out or they're not or what? Um, but I, but for me it kind of works in that weird way of because. You're taking the journey along with his character. You yeah. might have a little bit more information than him, but you have the same reaction that he does to seeing this outlandish, crazy stuff. What yeah. is happening? You don't know. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I would probably give this four out of five. Um, at wow. Least. This, yeah, this was, this was, I'll, I'll be probably buying this on Blu-ray when I get a chance on the cheap, um, Big oh, it up. probably is very cheap because a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've... with that, uh, <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> uh, I watched this movie for the first time in 2014, and at that point in time, I gave it a thumbs down. Now, the good news is, on this watch, I did bump my rating up a little bit, but I, I, it's still doesn't do it for me. I don't know if it's Cameron Diaz or James Marsden or or the way it's filmed. I don't I don't know. This I mean, it's a good movie. Like like there's nothing that I like look at. I I don't know what it is about it, but I just it doesn't do anything for me. I the story's interesting enough, but I I honestly I don't know what it is. I just I don't have that like Oh man, that is really creepy and interesting connection. And honestly, I don't know what it is. It's not a terrible movie, but I just, I don't know, me and, I, I, me and this movie, we just, we don't have that connection. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm still giving it a pass. <laughs> Maybe you need kids. Maybe, Maybe that's the, hor- that's the real yeah. horror of this third act of this movie it is the is. kid situation. Yeah. It is. Uh, I am impressed with, with, I, cause I seriously, I went in with, I went in pretty apprehensive. Like I, I'm like, oh, how am I gonna, how am I gonna swing this? If I really hate this thing, I'm like, I don't want this to be a shitty podcast because I'm bitching. No, about the movie. you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I, care. There's plenty of movies that we disagree on. Yeah, but I'm happy to report that I legitimately thought this was. I turned around myself, and that this is. I can't imagine that we're gonna keep being able to do this, like, because <laughs> I turned around on Vanilla Sky and this one especially. Uh, so we'll see on episode 300 where we stand on who knows what. Yeah, I, and I have no idea what movie we're, it's going to be for that. I have not been able to, I haven't even thought about it, but yeah. we'll figure something out. And they explain pretty much everything that happens in this movie. I mean, you can make different, you know, uh, scenarios in your mind, you know, the Adam and Eve thing or whatnot, but I mean, they pretty much explain everything that happens in the movie. Again, that's not positive or negative really, but so, I mean, I understood everything that happened. I just, I don't know. 
Well, that I'll I'll accept that yeah. all day long. But the number one criticism I remember reading online was people like, "What? It's confusing. I don't understand anything that's going on." See, I thought they, they explained everything. I thought I I felt so, especially on rewatch. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you gotta like I said, you gotta pay attention to the ether a little bit. Uh, you know, okay. Also, real quick, last thing is uh, I really appreciated this time that that seventies setting it almost added to the off puttingness of it. it. Like it wasn't as technically advanced, obviously, as where we are now. And so it just something about that setting, which you know me, I love the seventies, but it just added to the, I don't know, the weirdness of it. Maybe the fact that it was it was filmed so clean too, it didn't feel like a seventies movie. Maybe that was something like subconsciously that's just like eh, something just feels off. I I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Has, has Richard Kelly made anything since that? Uh, I, I don't. Um, know. Let me see. Boy, I thought that he made. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of him, the, I watched all the special features on this thing, and one of them was about his mom. Like he, he got the idea for uh, the, his Cameron Diaz uh, handicap because of his mom, and like that whole the dynamic between husband and wife in this movie is because directly because of his mom and dad, and it was really interesting. Uh, like the issue with the foot that his mom had that, and it, it was really really cool. So, but yeah, the last movie he directed was The Box. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's too bad. Even with the uh, misstep, what, what say you, of Southland Tales, I think he's a really interesting director. And I, I'm, like I've said a million times on this show, I'd rather have somebody that's up there taking a swing and doing something I haven't seen before than just recycling the same old whatever. Yep. Uh, okay, La- any last thoughts on Tenebra or The Box? And we're going to move on to the next round real quick because we got a ton of reviews to get to. Yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, coming your way. Cargo. Amid a terrifying pandemic, a father searches the wilds of Australia for someone willing to protect and care for his infant daughter. This is some kind of zombie movie. I watched the trailer and I was kind of like, hey, on it. But I've heard some good reviews from some horror friends online that I kind of trust. So, and it's got uh, Watson in it from The Sherlock Show. Yep. What's his name? So Martin maybe Freeman. that's, yeah, there's your horror movie, Assassination Games. In this light-em-up action thriller, rival assassins join forces to dismantle a global drug trade in league with the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agent Jean-Claude Van Damme, Scott Atkins. How can you go wrong with that? And lastly, since you have finally watched some uh, of this man's work, I've thrown a documentary your way, a safe pick, 80 minutes. Um, Mifune, The Last Samurai. This documentary examines the life and career of Toshiro Mifune, the Japanese star of many of Akira Kurosawa films who changed the face of world cinema. There you go. Okay. And heading your way is uh, Singularity from 2017, starring John Cusack. And this is about, uh, it's a futuristic sci-fi thing. 2020, in the year 2020, uh, Elias Van Dorn, uh, CEO of blah, 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 world's largest robotics company, introduces his most powerful invention, Kronos, a supercomputer designed to end all wars. When Kronos goes online, it quickly determines that mankind itself is the biggest threat. So basically, Terminator ripoff. There you go. Yeah. No um, way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. And it's just their stand-up routine, but those guys are awesome, and um, I would love to at some point see them live, and I thought, you know, I'm like, that's probably a fairly safe pick, so that's your safe pick. Last but not least is 2016's Kaleidoscope. This stars um, 
Anne Reed and what's the guy's name? Uh, Toby, I believe it's Toby Jones. Yes, Toby Jones. Um, This is a thriller, a psychological thriller about the destructive relationship between a middle-aged man and his mother. And um, trailer looks good. So there you go. Huh. Uh, Singularity, you can, you can get rid of that one. I watched the trailer for that one, and it was a hot pile of steaming garbage. Was, I don't I, I, no. Uh, ah, John Cusack. Uh, <laughs> Steve Martin and, Mar- and, and Martin Short. That one, I almost threw your way, but I found some stuff I thought you would like a little better. That one, I, that's a must-watch at some point. Yeah. I don't know anything about this kaleidoscope thing, so I'm going to take that one. Why not? We'll be a okay. little adventurous. And for uh, you. you threw three really good choices my way. I that was actually kind of tough, and um, the only reason I'm picking this one is because of Martin Freeman. I do like him, but I will pick Cargo. Hopefully, okay. that's not going to be another Netflix forgettable dud. We shall see. But at least with him, I know it's elevated somewhat. Yeah, I watched the trailer, and about I was like, oh man, I feel like I've watched three fourths of the movie, and I'm like, Bleh. but <laughs> people online were saying it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, you can we'll... blame them if it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, we shall see. <laughs> okay. Next episode, it will be Kaleidoscope up against Cargo. And that's the roulette for this week. Let's move on to our second segment, which is... We were trying to think of a way to describe um, Top Gunny type movies, the ones that are, like, weirdly pro-military. Not weirdly, maybe. I don't know. That is that... Again, we couldn't even find a title for this segment. I think I've written down here, uh, top five military, fuck yeah, but not top gun movies. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) So as I was looking through the lists on the internet of uh, these kinds of movies or what I was perceiving these kinds of movies, it became very clear that there is no way we are all in line of thinking of what is a military or war or whatever this it's a thing is going to be, so it's just going to be a free-for-all of whatever military movies you want. And I gave you a fair um, warning. My list is just... I won't even be able to talk about it. I hope you guys can talk about my list, because I haven't <laughs> seen these movies in forever, so... <laughs> well, at first I was thinking I'm going to put, oh, I'm going to get other funny ones like Top Gun, like, uh, what was that one with Nick Cage that are in the helicopters? Um, Firehawks or Firebirds. Fire, it's Firebirds there. But then I'm looking at the lists of these movies and I'm like, I can't put Firebirds on a list with good movies. Like, what is, that's not even fit. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to, let's start with Steven on this round. Give me your number five and we'll just, uh, Steven, me, Eugene, and we'll go through it. Let's see. What was my number five? And these are in very random order. Uh, number five, again, I wasn't even quite sure how to think of this, because I, when I think of Top Gun, I'm trying to think of Top Gun-ish type movies. Um, so for no, my number... Well, f- where, where, where I settled on was military movies. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I just kind of stopped on, because if you're looking at war movies, well, then some of those are, are they're not pro-military. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are a lot of war movies that don't put the military in a good light. Yeah. Platoon would be a good example of that, I think. Right. It may, yeah, or even Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. You don't go into that movie and you're like, yay, military. You yeah. know what I mean? So just whatever you want to, however you want to interpret, interpret it, military, war, whatever, do whatever you want. The first one was <laughs> Rambo, and I don't even know if that's on the right track, but I went with Rambo. Um, I don't know. Everyone's seen Rambo, knows Rambo. Um, I don't know which one's my favorite. Um, 
I, I enjoy all of them to a certain extent. Um, but that's the first one that I had up there. And I hope that that makes some kind of sense. Uh, so <laughs> absolutely. Are you just talking Rambo the series? Yeah. Rambo the series. Yeah. Any pick, okay. pick any yeah. Rambo. Uh, and we'll, I'll start with that one. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, okay. My turn. Number, hold on a second here. Glub, 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 Number five for me, I wrote down Michael Bay. Just, just all Michael Bay. But, I mean, if I had to pick one, maybe The Rock, but if there's anybody that is specifically pro-military, gung-ho military, it's gotta be the man who is allowed access to all things military, you know what I mean? So... He, and he's used the same footage in lots of different movies like Pearl Harbor and the Island. And like he's recycled many, many shots of legit U.S. arms, armed forces doing stuff. Yeah. So I just gave a general blanket to Michael Bay for number five. And that's funny that you would say Michael Bay for number five because I actually have 13 hours at number five. And <laughs> this is a obviously yep. the subject matter itself is very heavy. And it, I mean, it's obviously it's based on a true story. But the way Michael Bay films things, it very much to me feels very pro military. I, I, by the way, I know Steve, you're not a, as big of a fan. I love 13 Hours. I thought it was a fantastic movie, especially considering it's Michael Bay and I, you know, whatever. But uh, this was uh, lots of explosions and just lots of hurrah, yeah, we're you know badass and dudes lots and, and lots and lots of cuts, quick cuts, lots and lots of oh cuts. yes. <laughs> With fireworks, oh, like the explosions are pretty fireworks. It's like, oh, there goes a building, boom, but it's fireworks. Everyone That's I know who watched that movie liked it except for me, so I'm, I don't know, yeah. A Blu-ray's been sitting on my shelf for like a year and I haven't watched it yeah. yet. The only thing that Michael Bay likes more than the military is fireballs. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> all, uh, right. all right, number four. Number Steven. four for me, and again, I've seen this movie, I know I've seen it a couple of times, but it came out in 2001 called Behind Enemy Lines, Gene Hackman and Owen Wilson. And I, again, I haven't seen it since probably 2002 or something like that. I don't, I don't know. But I remember I really liked it. I remember that it had uh, good action sequences and stuff. I remember there's a scene at the end where Owen Wilson's character is running across the piece of land, like close to a cliff somewhere, and there's like an Apache helicopter that's just like shooting thousand bullets at him. But, of course, every, everyone misses him. Um that's about all I remember, other than the fact that I know I like the movie, but I haven't seen it since a long time ago. So take that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> that, Seriously, Steve, that was a great choice. I almost picked that as one of mine because that is a very pro-military. Oh, yeah? oh good. good. Yeah. I was this close to putting that movie on. And go look at that guy's filmography. It's pretty hilarious. That's about the only good movie he's made. Yeah. But every time I see his name pop up, I'm like, oh, maybe. Maybe it's his time yeah, to maybe, come back. Yeah, I think yeah. he made, like, Max Payne and st- like stuff like that. Where it's like, eh, I, I, like I liked his Omen remake. I thought that was really good, but yeah, that was decent. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> okay, yeah, I I give that movie a thumbs up too. I know most people hate it, but I dig it. Okay, for the rest of my movies, you're gonna see a theme. A theme has developed in what I like in military movies, and that is where it's it is kind of pro military, but they also don't do it. A blindly kind of t- the way Top Gun is. It's more like the people question what they're doing and question the people in charge of what they're doing. So it is, we need the military to do some things, but we also uh, question what they're doing. And so for number four, I have 
uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, in which they have a mission that they need to accomplish, but they might not be going about it quite the right way to get those men out of Vietnam. They need a man to go in there with an infinite amount of ammo and really finish the job. So, uh, And that was my first Rambo movie, was Rambo Part 2. I didn't see the uh, First Blood for quite a while uh, until after that. Uh, and was very disappointed with it for a long time because I was like, um, hmm, where are the explosions and gunfire and it's just a dude running around the woods. Anyway, Rambo 2. Eugene. Okay, and for me, uh, the next one would be Mr. Chuck Norris in Missing in Action Part 2. The beginning. Uh, and actually, part I mean, I guess Parts 1 and 2 can kind of be lumped in together, but... Sure. It's very much an 80s, much in the same way Rambo First Blood Part 2 is. It's very much a, you know, that Reagan era pro raw, raw military type, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very similar to Rambo, but it's very Chuck Norrisy. And I love that. That's a good thing. So <laughs> yeah. I, they're, they're kind of one and the same, I think. I think that Part 2 is a little bit better because there's a lot more of the POW camp and, Chuck Norris is escaping, trying to escape, and that's the one where they put the bag over his head with the rat in it, and he bites the head off the rat, and ah, it's cool. And the uh, the villain in part two is like he has been in like he's like the 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 Vietnamese bad guy in all of those movies. If you see him, you're like, oh, that guy. Yes, he's in all of these as the main bad guy. Anyway, I'm I'm waiting to find those on VHS. And I, I, it's been so long since I've, I mean, since the rental day, store days, so I don't even remember a thing about them. Yeah. They're fun for what they are. Oh, I can't wait to watch them again in Blurrovision. Uh, Steven, number three. Well, for your 200th episode, I thought, what better place to, than now to put Starship Troopers ahead of Rambo on some type of movie list. So, uh, I've only seen the first ever Starship Troopers, and... Uh, I remember it was fun. It, it I do remember it being quite pro-military, like, you rah, rah, let's go, and just blasting bugs and all that kind of stuff. I haven't seen any of the other ones. Um, so, again, have you guys seen it? What do you think? But my number three is Starship Troopers from 1997. This would have absolutely made my list had I thought of it. I didn't think huh? of it. But that's a, that 100% fits the bill of that kind of... Yeah. Raw, raw, I like the, yeah. the, uh, even the Heinlein book is, is often considered kind of Nazi-esque and it's raw, raw, military, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little, little too far to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Eugene. Oh, I'll, you like, I'll like be, Starship, I'm, oh, Starship oh, Troopers oh, coming oh, up, so yeah. So I'm the only idiot that didn't think of it. Okay, uh, number three for me is Captain America, um, ah. the first Avenger. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, again, again, you have a strong military, strong presence, but at the same time, you, you have, at the soul of it, you have that wonderful moment that makes the entire movie for me pretty much is when he's like, why do you want to go kill people? He says, I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies. Uh, amazing. Amazing. And that's exactly what the military force should, or, you know, should strive to be. That should be the goal. And I love that. And I love that movie. Uh, number three for you, Eugene. Starship Troopers, of course. Thanks, Steve. Oh, right. <laughs> oh. yeah. I yeah, I thought I was the clever one picking that, but that's that's one that that it, it popped into my head right away. I'm like, oh, that is so pro military, even if it's to a fault almost, yeah. because it's very Nazi esque, I think. But it's 
I love Starship Troopers. I haven't seen it in, in many years now, but I remember the last time I saw it thinking that the special effects still held up and obviously all of the, you know, the, that pro military stuff still really worked as almost like meta comedy type stuff. It was just so bizarro and weird that it yeah. really, really worked. Uh, I agree. I, I remember your last review of that. You really dug it. It's still a good movie. It holds up. Yeah. But yeah. You got to take some of that with a tongue in cheek. Yeah. And I think when that movie came out, it didn't do the greatest. And I think part of it was because of just how weird it was. It wasn't just a straight up, oh, soldiers versus bugs. It was social commentary type going on, which I, hey, that's Paul Verhoeven. I thumbs up. Yeah. And weird sexual uh, oh. vagina bug mouth thing at the oh, end. Oh, man. <laughs> He, he's always got to make things like that. That's Paul Verhoeven. And and NPH is in it dressed up like full on SS like yes. guard. <laughs> like, it was hilarious when he turns up in the end with his big leather trench coat on. I'm like, oh, I mean, that's now we are not even a bit uh, subtle where this is yeah. hitting you over the head with uh, that whole propaganda thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, Steven, number two. Okay, for these last two, you guys are going to have to help me out because I haven't seen the, these movies in 20-plus years. So at number two, I have Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I I know I watched it. I know I liked it. I I remember almost nothing about it, but does that... <laughs> you guys go. Number two, Commando. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you could throw it in there. There's military themes in there because he was in the military and his buddy who is the villain, was in the military, so there's a connection there, sure. Okay, there we go. Great movie. Other than that, it's a total stretch. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Number two for me is Spy Game. Ooh, Another Spy really Game. cool movie where the, the now it's, I mean, it is military, but this is more like the uh, covert wing or the, the thinkers behind who send in the ants, if you know, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so it's not as quite involved with the, I don't, I don't know, the gung-ho and the tanks and everything, but it, it also has, uh, again, that theme of mine where the people are questioning what they're doing and is this the right method for doing what we're doing? And I, again, really like that when it's like, we have to do this, but we need to question our morals when we do it, how we do it. Uh, number two for Eugene. And on the complete other end of the spectrum from checking our morals would be Inglorious Bastards, Quentin Tarantino. I, this close. This I, yeah. this close. <laughs> <laughs> I do think this is a pro-military or at least pro-bastards. Uh, <laughs> I had just watched it recently, and so that's why it's kind of fresh in my, in my mind. But I'm like, you know what? Everything about it, especially with how crazy that movie got towards the end uh, and how – it very much glorified these inglorious bastards. I, I think this is very much pro military or at least pro them. And so, yeah, that, I love that movie, by the way, that is one of Tarantino's very best movies. Agreed. Uh, uh and it, that one was as, uh, on the chopping block with behind enemy lines. It was right there for me, but I was like, eh. uh, Steven number one, All right. on Steven's pro military <laughs> countdown. Again, I haven't seen this, the first one, or any of the ones in the series, I don't even know how many they are, in years and years and years. But I remember we watched these growing up, and they were just a blast. But the missing in, a missing in action movies. Um, hmm. I, I remember we sat around as a family, and we, <laughs> we watched wow. those movies. So, I, 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 again, I haven't seen those things in 20 years. Um, but I, I, should, I should go back and watch... 
that and Commando and Starship Troopers because I, I haven't seen these movies in years. But I do have very fond memories of of uh, missing in action. So that one gets my number one spot. Nice. I'm, I'm like, I mean, you guys are smarter than me. You got the good crossovers. I'd never yeah. would have seen that coming. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to have other things on your list that I was going to question and challenge you on, but very, very Saving well. Private Ryan. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, number one for me, and this one was pretty easy once I saw it come across the list, and I was like, oh yeah, that's number one. And again, not a, in this case, we don't have just one instance of military where they're doing what needs to be done and also questioning how they need to do it. We have two militaries that are doing that, and that is the Hunt for Red October. Hmm. I this is all military all the time this entire movie and not just American but also Russian as they're rushing to collide with each other who is going to uh, make the wrong move who's going to make the right move to get what they need you know that, this whole movie could have gone so so bad this whole story I should say uh, and it's wonderful I love this movie it is on my I'm so ashamed I have not seen that movie list so Wow. Just wow. <laughs> Shame this man. Shame. Yeah, Where's the bell? Shame. Shame. You need to get on that. <laughs> I know it's bad. Eugene. Watch it forever. <laughs> uh, my number one, we have discussed this before tonight, but that would be Rambo First Blood Part 2. And I I could have said all of them, um, but it, I, I'm like, what one best encapsulates what this, what we're talking about? And that's it, got to be Part 2 because it's, Mid eighties, and it just it has that very much Reagan era. Yeah, much more so than even the latest Rambo movie that was that was a bit more of a war as hell type of feel. The third one kind of jumped the shark a bit with the too much comedy, and the first one wasn't really a war movie at all. So that leaves the incredibly awesome part two that I have actually come around to. My first Blood is still my favorite, but I have come around to just love First Blood Part 2 in all of its crazy 80s excess, much like I like all of my 80s slasher movies and all those. This one, it just feels like that. Like, it's very much in that realm of awesomeness. Like, everything is just a bit too over the top and uh, steroids and ripped muscles and yeah. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Finally, somebody had a pick that I had. All right. I'm, I'm <laughs> hey, one, an, an honorable mention that I almost uh, put down, but I just, it, it narrowly missed out was Uncommon Valor. Have you guys watched that movie? I have With not. Gene Hackman, Patrick um, Swayze? I have not. I believe I have uh, that on uh, on VHS. Didn't I pick that up on VHS and review um, it? No, I don't think. It's the one where Gene Hackman and a group of guys go... Uh, these mercenaries go to the POW camp to try to rescue. No. Uh, it's really Fred Ward's in it. Uh, great cast. Tim Thomerson's in it. It's awesome. I think I'm confusing it with a different Gene Hackman uh, military movie. Yeah, this one here, it just didn't quite fit what we're talking about. It almost, but I'm like, ah, it's not enough to be in that. I even considered Sicario. Mm. That, that was another one that mm. was right there close. But then I'm like, that's hardly, it's not pro-military, because they're kind of an assassin group thing going? I don't know. 
All right, there you go. Hey, any other uh, military fuck yeah movies but not Top Gun you want to add to the conversation, or are you guys ready to move on and talk about some uh, recently watched? Recently watched, I think. Yep. Mm. All right, and Steven, you can go first. All right. Well, this time I am going to give you guys a little dose of classic cinema, because I know that everyone out there has been waiting for the review of the 1946 The Strange Love of Martha Ivers starring Barbara Stanwyck and, for the record, Kirk Douglas's first ever movie. Um, actually, more than... Give me, a t- give me a title again. Uh, the Strange Love of Martha Ivers. It's a very long title. <laughs> um, actually, almost... I mean, the movie is good. It's a drama, film noir thing. Um, Barbara Stanwyck... Um, her childhood friend comes back and she accidentally, well, she kills her uh, aunt and then no one knows about it. And then uh, her childhood friend comes back and is like, I think I know what you did and threatens to like kind of ruin her life basically because her aunt was really rich and now she's kind of in charge of all that wealth and everything. But so the movie's good. I give that a thumbs up. But kind of the reason I want to talk about this is just a little story here. It's kind of a little just encapsulates my life. I watched this on Tubi TV because a lot of times I'll watch stuff on TCM, you know, I'll DVR stuff. But I was on Tubi TV and I was like, oh, okay, this looks interesting. So I watched it. It seemed to have a lot of commercials. Like I watched that chain movie on there and it didn't seem to have a terrible amount of commercials. But this one seemed to like every 10 or 15 minutes, it would have two minutes worth of commercials on it. Oh, wow. The, That's crazy. And the transfer wasn't that great. It was kind of DVD-ish at best quality. Um, so it was a little blurry and a lot of commercials, but I was like, ah, I'm kind of liking this movie. So I powered through. And then, like, an hour or two later, I was flipping through Amazon, and I saw this exact same movie streaming on Amazon Prime. And, of oh. course, crystal clear, fully nice <laughs> restoration. Oh. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah, so that's just... <laughs> That's my life right there. That's, now, that's, now you know when you come across some strange uh, thing on a commercial thing, you got to check your Amazon. Yeah. So I'm just like, what? Uh, whatever. Um, but I, I, uh, Strange love, love of Martha Ivers, thumbs up. It's a good movie if you ever feel like it. Um, the next up, a couple. I'll do a quick double hitter real quick. Um, Go for it. Because you had the uh, the thing on Facebook about the kind of the ten most um, influential movies kind of in your life, and one of the ones that I put on there was a streetcar named Desire. And I always have that story that Marlon Brando is really the reason I came into classic movies and uh, just because I wanted to watch some old actors. Um, so I started with him and I got Streetcar Named Desire and On the Waterfront. So I just went back and I rewatched those. I mean, everyone knows what those are. They're, they're, they're both fantastic movies. I personally actually like A Streetcar Named Desire a little bit better. I think that because that was right at that time. That was early 50s. And even at that early classic time, you know, I love some of those old, you know, Bogart and Grant and all the Stewart and all that. But you guys mentioned sometimes before, but you know, it's kind of like actors acting. And then when, once you going to go back and watch Marlon Brando and Streetcar Desire, Named Desire again, it's just like, it's, it's incredible. It's like, it's, just, it's so different from what you normally see. Um, so his performance in that movie, which is strange because his three other co-stars all won Oscars and he didn't. <laughs> and I think that his performance in a streetcar named desire, um, without going through every movie I've ever watched, that might be top five performance 
of all time. I, I love that mm. movie. His performance is spectacular. And and similarly in On the Waterfront. So um, there you go. If you haven't seen that or if you haven't seen like early Brando, which you, I'm, I think you guys probably have, but it's it's a treat to go back and watch his early stuff. So so there you go. I'm I'm not totally cut off from classic cinema, but I am pretty picky with it. And I like one of the ones I want to check off the list was Casablanca. Mm. I watched that and it was like, oh my God, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. I can't, like that movie is amazing. Yeah. And then one of the next one is like, okay, I'm on this classic movie kick. Hell, it might've been from your first podcast that was way before this one yeah. where I was like, oh, I got to go check this out. What next? On the waterfront. So I got it from the library and I didn't help that the transfer was garbage. Everything was blue. The whole movie is blue. Yeah. I don't know what yours looks like, but the whole one that I watched was blue. I couldn't get through half of it. Oh, really? It was awful. But it was because it was so hard to look at. It was miserable. The trans because I watched it this time on Amazon, and the transfer on there was not good either. Like it was almost. I mean, it was clear, but like whenever you got like close ups and stuff like that, like the face, you could. It's almost like seeing the pixels move. It, it was strange. Yeah. So <laughs> the transfer was not good. I I've seen better, but. Um, a streetcar. Like was if it had been just straight black and white, yeah. that would have been fine. Yeah, it but had it was a like weird transfer. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. And streetcar named Desire, I need to check out. It's just one of those classic ones, but it's, I haven't got. Didn't he rape? Wasn't there a rape? Is there a rape in that movie or something? No, not no, not from him though. Or oh, I, I thought there was a story behind that. There's thirteen year old getting raped or something. Uh, in I think in the because it was the theater play, and I, it it might have been there, but in the movie, there's nothing like that. No. Oh, okay. Well, I read some story somewhere about Streetcar Named Desire and Brando and something inappropriate. Now, I mean, there there is... I don't want to give it away. A spoiler alert. <laughs> Vivian Lee's character, she kind of... Uh, she's a school teacher, and she has a run-in with a student who's like 16 or 17. But that that's just talked about. It's never shown or anything, so... Okay. Yeah, yeah who knows? I just glean things from the internet and but yeah, put them in my head as facts and move one on. Of my, it's got to be top five performance all time, uh, Brando and Streetcar Named Desire, so, yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, over to me. How about we do a current film from me? Ooh, something that never ever happens, because I saw a movie in the theater for the first time in 2018, today. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> The last movie I saw in the theater was Last Jedi. <laughs> that was mid-December. Uh, Deadpool 2. Mm. And I am happy to report that this movie was awesome. Surprising no one uh, <laughs> from the comic book guy. But I had a total blast with it. If you like the first Deadpool, I mean, my instinct is to say there's no way you won't dislike, no way you won't enjoy this one. But... All the reviews I read are people that like, I love the first one, I hated the second one. I love the first one, I love the second one. They're very split. Mm. And I I don't know. I can see some places in the film that it would have made it better, particularly towards the end where there's a joke that goes on too long. And then it, I mean, it kind of gets funny again towards the end, you know, where it does that thing on purpose where it goes too long till it's unfunny yeah. and then it comes yep. back to being funny. The family guy thing. Yes, but... I'm in a theater, so I, I, I gotta wait to revisit that at home, because when I'm in a theater, especially Tinseltown, where I went to watch the movie at 10am because the ruffians don't get up that early, and I still had a couple people sitting near me that were making me nervous, and then I had at least 12 to 15 trailers. And just get on with the freaking movie already. Yeah. 
It's ridiculous. And yeah, it is. movies that have no business being attached to Deadpool 2, in my opinion. Uh, whatever. Uh, so, me and e- Eugene knows what I'm talking about. Every time I'm in a theater, I'm like, let's go. Come on. Hurry up. Mm-hmm. Come on. So by the time we get to the third act of this, and you got that joke where you're going on too long until it's not funny, it comes back to being funny. I'm, yeah. come on. Let's go. Let's go. But, um, how do I say this without spoiling anything? Uh, one of the things I said most positive about the first Deadpool was that it finally put a character from the comic books on the screen that I've always wanted to see, and he was looked the way that I thought he would look, and that was Colossus. And with Deadpool 2, there's a ton of new characters, obviously, but there's one that's not in any of the trailers, and I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, that is one of my favorite characters from comics, and he is in this movie, and he looks the way that I've always wanted him to kind of look, and the way I've wanted him to act, and the way I wanted him to talk, and the way I wanted his accent to be. And they nailed it. They nailed it. And it kicks so much freaking ass. Just (laughs) that alone just carries it for me. I'm like, I love this. Um, I also saw that. Oh, good. Oh, oh, no, if you saw it. Yeah, I was going to jump in. I actually, I I like the first one. I like this one actually more just because it's like, okay, we're done with the origin story. Here he is and go. So just for that alone, I liked it more. But yeah, it's... It's thoroughly entertaining. Oh, so you know what joke I'm talking yeah, about yeah. at the end. Actually, oh, okay. you know my favorite, the funniest part in the movie, I won't spoil, I'll be vague, but when he puts together the uh, his own little super team, and then when they go into deploy, that scene was probably the funniest scene I've seen all year. It was fantastic. I, I mean, they really showcase it in the trailer. Yeah. They're like, it's X-Force, here we yeah. go. And X-Force has their own comics. That was what... Uh, Deadpool's first appearance, I believe, was in X-Force. That was so brilliant. It made total sense. He puts together the crew. They go. I was like, this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. And then what happens, happens. And I, I was sitting in the theater just like with my jaw down. Like, I can't, I cannot believe that this is what's happened. Yeah. I can't believe that this happened. That was great. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I can't wait to watch it at home. Yeah. <laughs> you'll enjoy it at home. Yeah. Uh, my theater was good, but I did have the rabble come in, you know. Maybe they just hate trailers as much as me. I, the, you know, that we can wait 25 minutes and still find yeah. our seats just and fine. And literally, you're not exaggerating. It's about 25 minutes until the movie actually starts. And, you know, Avengers. My wife wanted to watch Avengers. I'm like, I, I'm sorry, but I don't want to sit in the theater for three hours. Uh, it'll be it'll be more than that because that movie is like, isn't it 240? No, it's, cra- it's ridiculously long. I'm like, I, yeah. you know what? That's over two nights when it comes out streaming or whatever Blu-ray, I'll watch it over two nights and be perfectly fine. And I really wanted to go Star Wars, but I know my wife wants to watch that, and I'd rather wait and watch it with her. So yeah. she won't. Even if she wants to watch Deadpool, I, I'm a comic book. I can watch that tomorrow, no problem. Pop it in. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious and awesome. I it, I don't know which one I liked better. I, I would say that there were I liked the highs in Deadpool two better, but it actually had some lows where I didn't feel like Deadpool did as much. Mm-hmm. Oh, ah, then again, there were those cameos in the X Mansion uh, that really cracked that me up. Good, yeah. I, uh, there were parts of this movie I wanted to rewind so I could freeze frame and see what was going on in the background. Um, okay, next up, the latest, uh, I don't know what the full title of the movie is, King Arthur, uh, Mystery of the Sword, uh, something of the sword, Guy Ritchie yeah. does King Arthur. Um, I had a blast with this movie. I thought it was great. Uh, it's ridiculous, over-the-top Guy Ritchie taking on... The, I mean, it's the same as Sherlock movies. Those are ridiculous, too. And I why not apply it to King Arthur? Who gives a shit? 
this movie's been done, uh, this story's been done a million times in a million different ways. And I mean, from the trailer, I was not even all that enthused about it, but I had a lot of fun with this thing. It's just very lighthearted and crazy special effects and super fast. And I'm, wh- there is some of that. He does a little bit of that Michael Bay editing, that super fast, crazy yeah. editing. Mm-hmm. But he also does some kind of super fast storytelling where it's like he they go to a mage and they're like, okay, but you got to go to this other place. And then they're whisked to some other dimension where he fights for weeks and weeks and weeks while the person's just talking about what he's doing. And then he's back and he's all beat to hell. And it's like, you could have had a whole movie about what just happened there. And they whisked over it in a couple of minutes and it worked and it's fine. And we're, we're moving on. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I can see why it annoys some people, but doesn't bother me. Go for it, man. I, some of the quirky editing can get like the fast cutting stuff can get annoying, but, I had fun with it, man, and I like, uh, I still like that Jax Teller character, whatever his frickin' name is from Green Street Hooligans. It's unfortunate that that movie didn't do good because it obviously sets itself up quite well for a sequel, but I don't think we will be getting a sequel on that one. Yeah, probably not. And I, I had said to Eugene in texting, <laughs> and maybe this isn't a great comparison, but I said, uh, if, how did I put it? If Pitch Black is the low budget a horror entry into the character a la Last Witch Hunter, then this would be the sequel with the big budget in Chronicles of Riddick. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just these these kind of sorta horror RPG role playing game fantasy nonsense. And I'm fine with it. it and not everything has to be frickin' Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I've had a blast with it. Steve, have you not have you seen that movie? I have, yeah. Uh, from what I remember, I was, I liked it, didn't love it from what I remember. I, I think I saw it in movies 10 whenever it was coming out. So, or last year, yeah, last year, right? Yeah. Um, I remember I liked it, didn't love it, but. Okay. I'm up. Um, okay. Let's just get this one. To, this is going to be real quick here. Um, XXX, the return of Xander Cage. Oh, God. Sorry, but you are not Fast and the Furious. That's a nope. swing and a miss. That is not a Eugene movie. That is not me at all. I forced myself to finish that one. Nope. Okay, moving on. Um, uh, okay, what is me, I though? It, I said it was dumb. Oh, it's it's dumb. I, yeah. I like cool dumb. Fast and Furious, that's cool dumb. This, it's just not me. No. It's, it's funny dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was How many stars st- did you give it? Zero? I'm no, no, no. Actually, later. I think I gave it one and a half because of the absolute garbage that I watch, that was definitely not that bad. Yeah. Um, and, and I do like Vin Diesel, even in something like this where it's like, oh, you're a middle-aged dude that's acting like he's 20. <laughs> but it's still, it's, it's still Vin Diesel and you've got his big coat on and where's my coat? I'm like, it looks like it's 85 degrees outside and you're this big buff dude with, ah, <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. With a face that met a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> Your other movies, Red Sonja. There oh, we go. Okay. Now we're now we're back into my my realm of bad good. Um, <laughs> I I will say that I want to give this one another rewatch uh, on a hopefully more cleaned up version. The, the DVD is not bad, but this one just feels like it would even be more enjoyable. Like. Spick and span, nice and clean. I totally, I totally buy it on a Blu-ray. But uh, you're gonna import that thing for thirty yeah. bucks or whatever. And I even mean, that, even that, I have because I checked, and I'm like, that's the reviews aren't that great for the picture quality. So I'm like, I'm 
that one just feels like one of these companies is going to pick it up and do some major overhaul on the picture. But it's it's fun. I mean, it's it's not barbarian fun, but it's it's right in right there with with Destroyer maybe, but even a little bit more low rent and cheesy. But I'm okay with that. Uh, I I like that that. Every now and then Schwarzenegger shows up to do his Schwarzenegger <laughs> stuff and then he go and he's gone and he yep. vanishes for 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, but then Bridget Nielsen's holding down the fort and some witch lady, which actually was Conan or well, Schwarzenegger's love interest in the first Conan movie. It, that's her. Um, I'm like, now she's the bad lady that stole some green ball or whatever. And it's all nonsense, nonsense, but just kill people with <laughs> your green sword. ball that only women can touch. And then the fire mountain at the end. Yes. And there's a fire the, mountain. There's the a metal that, the robot snake in there. Yeah, robot there's a snake. robot snake in the water. Uh, that was the big creature thing. And then like, there's this wizard that's cutting, I think cuts himself and then turn that cuts her. Maybe. And I don't know. It doesn't, it, who cares? <laughs> who cares? It's 90 minutes of unpretentious, Cheesy '80s fun, so yeah. But I, I, I'm looking forward to rewatching that one uh, on a cleaned up version at some point. People hate that movie, and I've never. I grew up on that movie, so uh, I still love it. And I will. I always remember that beheading towards the beginning, where I think yeah. it's Conan cuts the guy's head off near a bridge, and it flies up through the air. And oh, probably there's. And... It's funny that these movies are just insanely violent. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> PG-13, or or in the Destroyer's case, PG, which, like, that's pushing R-rated level violence in, in Conan the Destroyer. Anyway. Yeah, it's just Conan versus snakes. You got it in Barbarian, <laughs> you get it here. <laughs> yep. So. Cool, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it a little bit. Oh, I did, I did. And uh, I did try to to watch that animated Lord of the Rings, but sorry, it, two hours and 15 minutes, oh, I'm good. <laughs> Uh, you don't have to say sorry to me because um, I told you that it was super long and I did not recommend that you watch it. And you said, let me have it. Uh, yes. Okay. That's not on me. That's on you. Yeah. So, uh, I'll pass. Yeah, I'm that's good. fine. I didn't recommend it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised you asked for it. I know. I don't know. Well, it's because I just got done. I was watching the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson movies. I'm like, oh, I should see what this one's like. And I... Again, I do remember watching The Hobbit way back in the day and liking it, but I haven't seen it since way back in the day. I, I, I'm good. I'm good. Wizard, <laughs> honestly, Wizards did not help things at all because that was a slog to get through, and this feels a kind of like that with the animation style. Uh, they're similar, and that's why I always get them confused. But it's it's not as uh, scatterbrained Tribute. plot yeah. stuff. It's it's Bankin and Rass versus. Um... Uh, Bakshi. Okay. And they at least can tell a story. Like, I appreciate Bakshi's animation, but the story is always a mess. It's great for if you want to watch Lord of the Rings, but you don't want to wait, uh, go through 25 hours of your life. <laughs> you can just <laughs> so sit get the down. Story. Yeah. yeah. You, you, this and Return of the King, and you're good. Three hours. You got it knocked out. <laughs> there you go. I've only ever made it past the first Lord of the Rings, and then I gave up, so... <laughs> let's let's just greet the rest of Steven's reviews with utter silence. Yeah, just silence. Okay. <laughs> uh, doesn't like Star Wars. Doesn't like Lord of the Rings. I haven't seen a single Scott Atkins movie. I'm just I don't know why oh. I'm here. I don't know why. I'm here. Scott Atkins rules. Wow. 
I mean, I don't want to make it a habit to kick you off the show every time you're on the show. But <laughs> hey, I'm over here watching problem. Martha Ivers movies from 1946. I don't have time for that. So <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I can appreciate that you're watching the shitty version instead of a clean yeah. version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to do Eugene? Are you done for this round? Or I've got yeah, I've got all sorts more stuff, but I'll I'll be done for now. I, I want to get okay. the movies that you had let me out of the way. And, Eugene, sure, you can no help problem. me with my next one. Uh, because after I watched Tenebrae, um, there was another Argento movie on Amazon Prime, which I had not seen before, Ooh, from 1987, oh. Opera. Oh, nice. Here we go. Good flick. Good flick. I don't think I've yes. ever seen... I don't know that I've given any of Argento's stuff a thumbs down. Usually in any of this Italian stuff, I can usually... Like, I've, I've grown to appreciate him. I really have. So, I mean, there's usually... I can find something in there... Um, and this one I, I quite enjoyed. Now the the crows or the the ravens, whatever they were, they got a little annoying because sometimes they're just sitting there chirping, 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 chirping. It's like okay, quiet down now. <laughs> but no, I, I mean I really enjoyed this one too. It had some really cool uh, uh, kills in there, and um, especially the the pistol through the uh, the peephole was that was really brilliant, cool. especially if like like practical effects. Goodness, yeah. there was no CGI yeah. in there. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Cool. And then, like, when he pa- post, uh, uh, taped those pins over her eyes. Now, I think she still could have blinked and not, like, gouged her eyes out from the way they were going up or whatever. But mm. but nonetheless, that was still pretty cool and creepy. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, another Argento movie uh, checked off the list. Another one that I enjoyed. So um, That's considered one of his very last, like... Yeah. Classic type movies. I, Sleepless is still. I I still appreciate Sleepless and Trauma, but that's like still that still has that eighties a lot more of that eighties feel that he was so good at. Versus he started this Trauma was the first one where there was a definite dip in quality, and, and then Sleepless was still pretty good. And then from that point on, uh, most of his other newer stuff it just doesn't click with me. Yeah. And he's still alive. He's still making movies, isn't he? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, he's still For some alive reason, I just movies. imagine, like, him and Bob and all these guys that are, like, dead. But he's still alive. Like, he's still he's still going. So, you know. I am. I, I'm not sure what you guys think, but I I am all about that new Suspiria movie. It looks that really trailer good. is awesome. Especially because they are not trying to completely copy what Argento did. But there's still the feel of that movie. I, I thought the trailer was brilliant. Yeah. Um, it looks like it hits. It looks like it is uh, right on point with somebody who really knows the heart of Suspiria. But I think it would be fantastic if you get to the climax of the film and the character walks into a room and it's all those crazy vibrant colors from uh, mm, being yeah. lit that way from the original. Suspiria. Like that would be a great climax of the movie. Yeah. And I could see them doing that because that's so iconic to that movie. I could actually see them at some point. Doing something like that with the crazy colors. It has yeah, it has a good cast, awesome. and it's from the guy that did the uh, "Call Me by Your Name." So it's like it's got talent behind it. Mm. So I'm like, I, I, it looks really cool. I'm, I can't wait. Yeah. Yep. Um. So that was one good horror movie, opera, and then a not so good horror movie from 2018, "Truth or Dare." This is the one where the group of kids start playing "Truth or Dare," then it comes to life, and then basically. Once you start playing, you either have to do the truth or the dare. It's like they like see people and people like ask them truth or dare. So it's not like, no, I'm not going to ask you that. We don't have to play. No, like 
it would like suddenly one of you guys would be like truth or dare. And I would have to say truth or dare. Then I'd have to do whatever it says. And then you can't just keep doing truth um, or else it'll eventually make, make you do a truth that it, it's stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm thinking of a segment for the show called truth or dare. And if you take the dare, you have to watch whatever movie we want you to watch. Ooh, you're on to something there. You're <laughs> Um, but it's one of the horror, one of these horror movies that it's, it's, it's more funny than it is scary or anything like that. What again, one of my rules for horror movies, one of them is it hasn't, it has to have enough blood or guts or gore or something. And this has almost none. There's a scene, um, at the, at some point in the movie, this guy or girl, I forget what it is, slits their throat and they like, Film just high enough so you can't actually see the cut. And it's like, you're a horror movie. Give me something. So, uh, I mean, if you want something stupid and kind of funny, watch this one. Uh, apart from that, uh, you can pass on truth or dare. So, yeah. No, thanks. That sounds like Netflix drivel. It was worth the buck fifty at Movies 10, so there you go. Oh, so it was worth the book. <laughs> the, the trailer did look like it had potential for creepiness with the distorted faces and everything, yeah. but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Another one, or uh, this might be last round. Uh, last round. Um, I'll finish up on this one just in case it's the last one. Um, did you guys, did the Nightlight ever play the death of Stalin up there then? You know, we uh, there there was issues with the distributor and the timing of it. They wanted to they wanted a certain amount of weeks, and it just it did not work. So unfortunately, I was not able to book that one. This was one that I was really looking forward to because the guy who did this one, he also does Veep, which I've never seen, but I hear good things. But he did a movie called In the Loop back in two thousand nine, which is deals with uh, British and American kind of politics stuff. And I love that movie. It was very quick, uh, witty, and it was hilarious. I love that movie. So, and this seemed like it was going to be very much in that same vein, and it is. Um, but here, basically, Stalin dies, and then the people around him. It's kind of a fight to see who gets, you know, uh, the power that you know fills the, the power void. Um, and it's played as uh, comedy and all that. And I enjoyed it. It was good. I would recommend it. Um, but I was, honestly, I was a little let down just because my expectations were so high compared to what In the Loop was. Um, but I would still recommend it. It's, it's worth a watch. Um, but again, I mean, if you've seen In the Loop, you kind of know what to expect from this guy. But uh, quick-witted humor and funny and stuff. But I was honestly a little let down. I wanted it to be uh, more like In the Loop, but still worth a watch, I think. So Cool. <clears throat> oh, my yeah, turn. Actually, uh, I remember that one, just real quick here. That one there, I actually booked uh, Isle of Dogs, I believe, instead of that one. And I'm I'm glad I did because Isle of Dogs did really, really well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I am looking forward to watching uh, Death of Stalin when it becomes available I, on streaming. I would recommend watch In the Loop first because I, I like that one okay. better. But yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Over here on my side, we got a trio of From the Library. Checking those free rentals off. Uh, American Assassin. When Cold War Cold ugh, when Cold War veteran Stan Hurley takes CIA Black Ops recruit Mitch Rapp under his wing, they receive an assignment to investigate a wave of random attacks on both military and civilian targets, and discover a pattern of violence in a German forces lethal Turkish agent to stop a mysterious operative who wants to start a global war. Starring Dylan O'Brien, aka uh, Maze Runner, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Keaton. 
Taylor Kitsch. Uh, I don't know how to say her name. Sana Lathan. Remember her? AVP. Mm. And Blade. And Scott Atkins. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, the trailer for this movie looked pretty cool. It was just kind of a spy thrillery thing. And so my expectations were rather in check. And a library freebie? Sure, why not? So I give this one a watch. And for the first half of it, I'm going... Boy, this is kind of like got that flavor of the international where you really have to pay attention to what's going on. So, I, you know, I'm thinking, can I recommend this to Eugene or whatnot? I can happily say I can because the second half of the movie is very free with just telling you exactly what's going on. So there's no confusion uh, once you get past the halfway point. The action in this movie is pretty freaking sweet. It's not that it's 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 on that line where do I say it's gory or not? It's mostly gunshots and stuff, but when they're shooting people, it's like bag of blood, kapow, headshot, explode. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when they are doing that kind of stuff, it's awesome. And then we get to the third act, and mostly it's just your kind of normal CIA training assassin go do this kind of stuff. With the exception that at the very beginning, he is not recruited by the CIA in any normal method. He is part of a, uh, he was a victim in a terrorist attack. Let's put it that way. His girlfriend is killed. He's pissed off. He takes 18 months, trains himself. That This guy's like off the charts smart. Trains himself in martial arts, in the, and uh, how to speak their language, these terrorists and whatnot. Infiltrates them on the dark web and gets invited to Pakistan. Goes over and is like going to just take them out himself. When the CIA comes in, kills everybody, and takes him and says, okay, we've been watching you this entire time. Be part of our black ops group. That's how much of a badass this guy is. So that's interesting. Uh, and then he goes and meets Batman, who is like double the badass, and is going to train him. And then it's a general, normal spy kind of thriller movie for a while. And then we get to this third act, which, I'm, which is the real interesting part. I... Did not go rewatch the trailer to verify this, but I feel like I didn't see anything of this third act in the trailer. And if that's true, kudos to whoever is cutting the trailer. Because there's some pretty big, like, CGI effects going on in the third act that I, that normally you will get completely blown in the trailer. And I don't remember seeing any of this. So when it happened in the third act, I was like, oh, holy shit, this is awesome. Like, this is crazy. I definitely recommend this one to you guys. You should check it out. It's worth a watch. Is this breaking, uh, you know, all kinds of new ground? No. But it's a totally awesome spy thriller movie with some pretty damn good hardcore action, bone-breaking gunshots. And uh, yeah, I, Come on. You need to scratch that uh, action itch every once in a while. It reminded me a little bit of the one with Sean Penn uh, that was pretty good. Uh, oh, I remember that. came out recently. Remember that Sean Penn movie where he's like, Oh, it was way better than that movie. Okay, because that wasn't Wait, too oh, bad. I, that was okay, but this oh, this was way better than that movie. Oh, okay. Uh, next up, on the other end of the spectrum, more or less. Get this, uh, oh, I don't need to get the synopsis for this movie. Fuck it. Hitman's Bodyguard with Samuel L. Jackson and Deadpool. Um, it sells itself as an action comedy real hard. Remember, uh, uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds has to protect Samuel L. Jackson and all the yucks and all the explosions and everything. And for the most part, it is a lot of that, a little more gory version of that. And then you kind of get to the third act and it gets a little more serious. Like all of a sudden we're being a little more drama heavy, which was fine. It just was a weird kind of tonal shift that I was not ready for. 
uh, when it all was said and done, I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit more than I thought I would. I mean, I thought it was going to be uh, more campy and just more silly and just a little more throwaway. But when it was over, I was like, wow, I enjoyed that one too. Thumbs up. And it was just bloody enough in the right parts to keep me involved. And I think that Eugene, I think that you'd be like, eh, this is perfectly fine serviceable. I think that would be your review. Okay. To- totally I worth checking that, I thought out. it looked okay for, for what it was when the trailers were out. Yep. Ryan Reynolds is just, he's always funny. I mean, he, that guy was born to play Deadpool. He is Deadpool. Do I want to do, okay, I'll do this last one yet from the library. Uh, the Disaster Artist. Now, have either of you seen The Room? No. Okay, I would recommend... Oh, well, this is tough. Neither one of you will survive that movie. There's just, just no way. I yeah. couldn't. I, I, I started... Because I heard about this back when I was getting DVDs from Netflix. Okay? This awful, the worst movie ever made or something. I don't know. But everybody was talking about it. So I was like, I gotta check this out. I got the DVD from Netflix. I put it in. I'm like, what am I even watching? Like, what is happening? I didn't quite realize that this was supposed to be one of the worst movies of all time. It just seemed of like a very mediocre throwaway garbage tv movie um but i skimmed enough of it to i get it i got what's going on i've seen all of the hits of it and then i so i I, i'm familiar with it enough to watch the disaster artist and it i will say it helped a lot that i at least had some familiarity with the room to appreciate how bad the the movie is that they're making with the disaster artist and what they're trying to convey to you. So if you just go watch the disaster artist, I think you'll, enter, you'll be entertained by it, but I don't think you'll appreciate it as much as if you watch the room first. If you watch the room first, I think you'll love the disaster artist. Yeah. But that's just my own take. I don't know. I haven't seen either, but I thought it looked good. There's no way you'll watch the room, Eugene. Don't even just you can maybe watch <laughs> a highlight clip or something, but it's it's so awful that oh, it, like it just made me angry like i, I it wasn't like haha this is funny it, i just was uh, what am i why am i watching this why this, this is terrible you know it's uh, my life every week i watch stuff like that <laughs> no no not like this like this is this is beyond mystery science theater this is something on a whole other plane of mediocrity uh anyway yeah i'm familiar with it i just i've never actually watched the movie but I wanted to watch The Disaster Artist, too, though. It looks really good. Hey, Steve, did you see The Disaster Artist just uh, came up on uh, Amazon Prime? I did. So yep. it's... Yep. Yeah, so... There you uh, go. You guys should definitely watch that movie. I, again, I think you'll enjoy the film. I just think you'd appreciate it more watching The Room first. But. Yeah. Uh, Eugene, last round. Okay. Uh, starting things off, uh, I got in the mood for Spaghetti Western, and I'm like, what? I have a stack of Spaghetti Westerns. And, um, and actually, I have another. After the show, I'm watching another one, which I'll get to on coming soon, because um, I'm really excited about that one. But I, like, you know what? Here's one I haven't watched in a while. It's time to revisit the original Django from 1966 uh, on Blu-ray. I've watched it, I think, twice now in my life, and uh, it has been twice because the first time you were mad, I was mad. <laughs> yeah. Then the second time, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. And then this time, I'm like, this is great. Like, this is so, this is like trend setting Western stuff here. Uh, this literally set the stage for so many movies that I have seen moving forward. And it's not just the Italian spaghetti Western, it's the setting. It's that uh, I, everything is swathed in dirt and mud. 
Um, but it looks so real. Like it, it doesn't just feel like a set. It feels like there, this town really exists and these slimy scumbags, um, are infesting this town. But this is a true classic of cinema and Westerns, especially Western cinema. I would dare say that this is one of the more influential Westerns of all time. I, I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I know that. I thought that the first time that I watched it and I was trying to explain that to you and you were like, eh, and I was yeah. like, come on, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it is. It, I mean, dude drags around a coffin and then pulls out this big Gatlin gun. Enough said right there. The end. Awesome. <laughs> Immediate four stars right there for that. But uh, Steve, have you seen the original Django? I have not. Okay, no. And then I don't want to say too much because it, it actually it's on Prime. <laughs> I suggest you go see it because shame on you for not. It's um, on Prime. That is now your job. Come on. Yeah. All right. Have you seen Jimmy Stewart's The Naked Spur? Either of you? Uh, no. <laughs> I just had to get one in there somewhere <laughs> that you guys haven't seen. Uh, um, uh, I've no. never even heard of it. <laughs> is it a Western? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Is it? Okay. Is uh, there nudity? <laughs> <laughs> just a spur. Just a spur. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, Franco Nero is awesome. Um, so Sergio uh, Corbucci or Corbucci, I'm not sure how which way you pronounce that, but um, because this movie was so good, I'm like, okay, what else has this guy done? Because this is so good, I have to see some more movies from this guy. So he's also made uh, a movie that I guess is one of the mo- another one of the most influential westerns of all time called The Great Silence. And it just got released on Blu-ray. I just got my copy today. And that is what I am watching tonight. Klaus Kinski's in it. And supposedly, uh, this is right up there with Django in the awesome, awesome old school westerns. So, I can't wait. I'm giddy. Cool. I still uh, have that double header of, uh, what is it? The Grand Duel and Coima. Oh, yeah. I just watched Grand Duel here a couple months ago. That's a, That's still good. Good movie. I also have the holy shit! I got the the man with no name, the band with no name trilogy on Blu-ray. I haven't cracked yet. Oh, for you shame. know I, those are well, I those are so good. But I'll tell you what, Django hangs with those. Now maybe the third one in that was so epic that uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was so epic that uh, that might trounce Django a bit. I guess I've seen all those. I've That's only something. seen them once, so I need to watch them again. Yeah. Okay, next up, still from the land of pasta, Shocking Dark, from 1989, directed by Bruno Matai, a.k.a. Vincent Dawn, written by Claudio Fergasso, a.k.a. Clyde Anderson. Um, so, I'm not sure why James Cameron didn't sue their asses off, because the alternate title to this movie is Terminator Part 2. Uh, in fact, the slipcover that came with this Blu-ray that I bought uh, says Terminator 2 with a Italian-looking Schwarzenegger-looking dude with half his face, robot, whatever. This is literally aliens mushed with Terminator 2 and put a glaze of Italian grease over that thing and fry it up at 350 and you have this completely awful movie. I'm talking like, this is so bad and I, I just watched it. Uh, oh, last night. Um, I fell asleep twice <laughs> through it. Um, <laughs> and so it starts, 
It and starts you have with the amazing ability to make a movie sound like the greatest movie of all time, and then and then just put the little icing on the cake is, and it's a piece of shit. Oh, it's it's awful. It's so awful. Um, and I I mean like I can't wait to to watch this thing again. It's it's crazy. So the well, movie starts. You did start the show off by saying you've been sleeping great. No, I've been sleep, sleeping great. I mean, we're talking like. This was like at eight fifty when I I hit play, and by nine o'clock I'm like, "Oof, what did I miss?" I I was dozing. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. these awful actors, one of which has kind of this pimple on his like the whole movie. This dude has like a pimple on his chin. I'm like, did, was this movie filmed in like twenty four hours that he did not have enough time to squash that zit on his face? But anyway, so <laughs> mole, they, mole 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 mole. <laughs> they start and they're in this bunker thing, and uh, they're these Italians are wearing these, like, you know the rock band Striper from the 80s? Yes. And they, like, they were wearing, like, yellow leather outfits. Yes, they, they looked like uh, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Okay, well, that everybody looks like that in this movie, pretty much. Their their <laughs> outfits are yellow, because... Man, you're, you're talking me into this movie, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and so lots of talking and padding, and then a girl they find uh, hidden in the bunker because she's, like, the girl that... They come out sometimes, sometimes, or whatever she says, uh, from aliens. Come out at night uh, mostly, mostly. Most, mostly, except that girl is Oscar caliber. Oscar. This girl here, she's got, got matching pink dress and a pink thing in her hair because she had time to match her clothes while the rubber man suit guy was after people in the bunker. So it drags on and on. There's a cyborg in there that goes AWOL because, like, Bishop and Aliens. Uh, except this guy's supposed to be, like, Terminator. Um, what else? Uh, and then in the end, they somehow end up in... This is all in the underground of Venice. So in the end, they pop out of a manhole or something, and Venice is back to normal, I guess. I think this is in the future. But Venice is now back to normal... Uh, okay. So they've and just with, been chutting it up down there the, the whole time. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's never really explained why all of a sudden everything's okay up top. But uh, uh, Terminator Italian guy chases uh, awful Sigourney Weaver wannabe. And then I fell asleep again. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh I'm going to watch this thing again in a year. <laughs> it's so, it's, uh, yeah. I gave it two and a half stars on my first viewing, which I'm like, three? No, I fell asleep twice. I can't award a movie three stars on two on two doze-offs. Oh, poor triple X three. I, I just I feel so bad for that score. Poor Xander oh. Cage somewhere is crying at your shocking yes, dark and score. And he should be. He should be. And I, I'm like, I was so like, at least give me some really great gore and... They didn't even do that. And it was almost like, ha-ha, you want gore, but I'm not giving it to you. But that almost like made me more endearing to it. Like, you're not giving me anything except yellow leather suits and shitty zit-faced dude. And uh, But somehow I'm like, ah, it's it, – you know what? It's Bruno Matai and it's Claudio Fergasso and like – you were attached to Troll too, so I gotta love you, kinda. You're more in love with the credits than the movie. Oh, it's I, I, oh, the names are so great. I, it makes me happy. <laughs> um, oh, this is this is also known as Aliens Two. Because <laughs> why not? Oh, um, speaking of the guy that made Troll Two, I I watched Troll One. Oh, did you? How was yeah, it? Yeah, it sucked. Next. Oh. Um, uh. <laughs> you have another one you want to do? Oh, I 
feel like I should end things because that was not Code Red. That was a Severin title. I feel like I should at least end on a Code Red. Um, but they're all so bad. I'm like, do I even? Ugh. I'm counting um, that troll review as an actual review because that, that's the full oh. thing right there. <laughs> uh, you know, what? let's end on the people who own the dark. Uh, we'll end on that one. It's a Code Red movie. Uh, there's a, a group of people that get together for a kinky orgy. And they go in the basement and they're all leathered up and masked up and they're ready to get it on or whatever. And then the the apocalypse happens or something and everybody up top is blind and then the blind people are ramshacking their, their place because it's Night of the Living Dead kind of. But we got these, you know, orgy type people that are sending them off and it goes on for ever and we were whittled down to the final two that escape and I have no idea what happened I, I fell asleep um what else um there's some good nudity uh, I was gonna say huh? yeah there was that and it's code red so I gotta own it uh <laughs> what did I give this one two stars so there's that still better than triple x3 wow I mean just wow <laughs> No, I, I, oh, yep. Okay. This one, this one does have, oh, there's a, there's kind of a sort of famous actor in this one. Um, wait, if, wait for it. Let, no, no, I'm not finding the actor's name, so never mind. It's, um, no. Never mind. <laughs> I'm looking through the list and it's here. No, there was someone that I, I'm watching the trailer. I get a little eyes wide shut feeling here in some of these. Well, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, how they dress up, the, the first half of the movie is the best, or the first half hour when they're, like, they're dressed in these really weird, yeah, kind of eyes wide shut masks. And it's kind of cool. I'm like, this is, it got that 70s weird vibe going on. And then when people go blind and they're bumping into, uh, it's like, come on, let's eat some flesh, do something. <laughs> let's see some heads blown off instead of bumping into people and escaping. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you guys ready for coming soon? Sure. <laughs> Steven, what do you got on deck? <sighs> um, well, apart from our regular classic movie stuff, which I've really been into lately, I have been going to the theater again, and I see at Movies 10, they have a movie that bombed, at least, I don't know if it technically bombed, but didn't do well for me in the fantasy movie league. Tully is going to be up there. Um, Isle of Dogs just came to Movies mm -hmm. 10, so I'd really like to get up there and watch that. And then the new Oceans 11, 12, whatever it's Eight. called, is coming out. I'd like to see that. So, um, well, I have some so bad, I got plus, some bad news stuff. for you. The uh, uh, school is out, so the Dollar Theater is done. I know. Yeah. It's, it's done. Know. If they would have early show yeah. times, like uh, Tinseltown, the other play, like I went at 10 o'clock today, that's good. Uh, but they started, I think your earliest is 11.40. And yeah. parents are dropping their kids off by then. And then Upgrade. Like that movie, yeah. I, that just came that out of nowhere. That looks good. Yes, it does. I want to watch yeah, that me one too. too. So hopefully get to watch those four and whatever else. So, yeah. Uh, and for me, I'm kind of feeling back to the theater too. As long as work lets me have a couple, I might sneak off for Infinity War. With anything with those early show times, I kind of feel okay to go to. But... Anything at yeah. noon, it's like the pe parents dropping their kids at the pool, they're dropping them at the movie theater, and eh, forget that. I can't, you know, I felt a little safer with Deadpool 2, but I still, for a 10 o'clock show on a Tuesday, I, there were still 15 people in there, and couples. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Don't you people have better things to do other than avoid the rabble just like me? Um, they must have as bad a experience as I do. So I might, I might try and get off for a couple of uh, theater trips here, but I've got, again, just stacks of VHS. Classic stuff from when I was a kid I can't wait to rewatch that I haven't watched in so long, like um, Joe versus the Volcano. I Have either of you seen that movie? That was oh, a classic. Oh, yes, I saw that in the theater. Really? That's, yeah. That was a rental staple from the VHS store for me, but I haven't seen it in so long I don't know if it holds up. We'll see. Uh, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I love that movie, and I can't wait to watch it again. But I also have some, like, real classic shit sprinkled in my VHS. I've also kind of been bouncing between VHS, Netflix, Blu-ray, so I don't get burned out on anything. Yeah. And I've actually watched a fair amount of flicks on uh, Pluto TV. I've been getting lucky, and this one channel, this action channel, has been showing a lot of this... Uh, like, I would call them forgotten films from the direct-to-video era. And it's not necessarily the VHS era, it's the DVD. Stuff with Bruce Willis and whatnot, where I'm like, oh, oh, who's, oh, he's in this? Maybe I should give it a chance. And they turn out to be not bad. I will, uh, tell you more about that next episode. Oh, let me scratch troll, troll off the list. <laughs> Sucked. It's terrible. Just about as bad as Troll 2. Okay, Eugene, what do you got coming soon? Uh, so I mentioned Great Silence. I'm looking forward to watching that later tonight. Also on deck, Zombie 4 After Death, directed by Claudio Fragasso and starring Jeff Stryker. Can't wait. Can't wait to watch the Blu-ray of that. Uh, got this old school movie called The Nesting from Code... Not from Code, right? From Blue Underground. I got a uh, slasher movie called The Offerings that I'm thinking is going to suck, but whatever. Uh, Black Demons is up for another rewatch. Yay. And then I've got some movies from Vinegar Syndrome headed my way. A movie called Pigs. Yay. A movie called Prey. Sounds cool. And The Deadly Bees. So I'm, I'm set. I can't wait. <laughs> Ever the glutton for punishment. You're just, yep. you never And stop. watch, watch next week. I'll review all of these and the roulette. And I bet you anything, I'm going to like all of those better than my roulette. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> or triple X. Two. Three. Three. Not two. Three. Just Ice Cube showed up in the part three. I'm like, yeah. Blech. And I made it to I made it past one, and that's as far as I got with the triple oh, X. Oh, Ice Cube showed up on so. that. Oh, God, please be done. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, there's that. I I certainly didn't sell it to you as a Fast and the Furious movie. I just said, if you're looking for something stupid, here you go. (laughs) Ah, I like that you're shitting all over that movie while the Deadly Bees is... Deadly Bees is coming up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, oh, yeah. (laughs) Go on. Go on. It's all right. Oh, no, I just... I. It, I think they, well, I'm not the, I'm not the audience for those movies, but just the whole dirt bike riding the wave and the, I'm like, I, I like cool car stuff and that's awesome, but that, I don't know why, just, that just does not click with me. No, that was stupid, but I liked like yeah. Donnie Yen and the other crew that he got together. Like that stuff was cool and Donnie Yen was good they, actually. Yep. They, cr- they crashed from one skyscraper to a next and then he took out like half the people in the room and slid out the door. Yeah, you know, like that it was like, oh, that was, that was pretty cool. All right. I would actually say now that th- Donnie Yen was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, he's badass. Yeah. But then the other guy from the raid movies, I'm like, oh, your hair is blonde. That, the, ah. <laughs> 
so angry, so hostile. Uh, I love that yeah, you you completely obliterated two movies from your genre after that, and and then at the end, after you obliterated them, you're like, but more stars than the one that I was. Eh. <laughs> because I like the fucking Titan credit names. <laughs> They're great, dude. I mean, you had Clyde Anderson. I, yeah. I'm gonna like anything that has anything to do with Clyde Anderson and Jeff Stryker. That's immediate. <laughs> You're starting with three stars right there. It's three. <laughs> Everybody's dressed like Striper. You're like, dun, 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 Exactly. That we both know that, that we both sang the same stupid lyric. We just lost our entire audience. Yep. They're, they're all gone. <laughs> Movie freaks. Movie freaks. I ask Steven about it, but he hasn't seen it. Okay. <laughs> see you guys next time. Uh, yeah. I'm Eric Marner. Yeah, I'm Eugene Weaver. And I'm Steven Miller. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening. listening.